Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Truth Talk, the B3 podcast. It's your girl, Queen Oz. I can't believe it's our last episode for the season. Where has the time gone? It's been flying, bro. We thank God. We've been really, it's been a lot of fun with all the people that that we've come across. And um, I'm just excited for this last episode, man. Thank y'all for tuning in once again. We got another good one for you today. For sure. Today's title is Pride, Passion, and Progress. And we have two amazing guests. So we'll let them introduce themselves. Go ahead, bro. Hi, my name is Liam Thomas, and I'm from Liberia. Hey, everyone. My name is Bridget Manful. You know, your favorite Black star, hailing from the best country in West Africa, Ghana. Uh, yes, sir. You ain't had no sauce on you. It's okay. I was about to say, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You don't like Liberia. It's okay. It's fine. It's, it's fine. Okay, cool. So, Queen, you want to start us off with the first question we have? Yes, we are going to hop right in. And so, the first question is What has been your journey in coming to love your African culture? You know, where were you initially when you were younger, I guess, when you understood what culture was and, you know, where are you now as far as just your love and your appreciation for it? Yeah, we kind of jump right into it on this show. But y'all, y'all didn't know. So. Yeah, sorry. We don't we don't start y'all off easy. Oh, I think that's a really good question. I'm not really completely sure if I was as passionate as I was when I was younger. I know, like, I've always loved being Ghanaian. I don't think that's something that just came out of the cut. I remember I went to Ghana when I was like seven and I had my eighth birthday there. And I got these long, you know, when you go to Africa, everyone gets their hair done. And I got these long braids. And when I went to class, my teacher, she was black, Miss Turner. Yep, second grade. She was like, oh, your hair looks good. I was like, yeah, I just came back from Ghana. I got it done, type of thing. So I've always been really, really proud of being Ghanaian. But I know like I didn't always appreciate certain things or like I was ashamed of certain things and um I say that to say because I I usually didn't like to tell people like my second middle name so um everyone knows that Ghanians have you know the day that they were born on that name so I'm Abana because I was born on Tuesday but I was also named after my grandmother and her name's Ijewa and I used to not want to tell anybody that I used to just be like yeah my name is my middle name's Abana or whatever like that so but like as I grew I definitely appreciate and love my name. I feel like, like I always say, like even um, when it comes to my organization, like your names are important. Names really shape who you are, because that's what people call you. So that's what you become. So I've been, I've grown so proud of my name, and it makes so much sense why I am the way that I am because of my name. So there's that. And then on top of that, I feel like the more that I do grow, the more that I'm intrigued about our tradition and why we do certain things. And I asked my mom and my dad so many questions about so many things, even like some sayings that are in our language. I'm like, why do people say that? It doesn't make any sense. Like, if you really like somebody, people love to say, which means come put your finger in my eye. And I'm like, why do they say that? Like stuff like that. Like I've just grown so intrigued by my culture and who I am. And I feel like it's definitely helped shape me and like my passion and my purpose. I love that. Long story short. Definitely understanding, you know, why certain things are done, I feel like, for sure, impacts how you appreciate something more, you know, and also our names holding weight. <laughs> that's, that's a fact. Oh, my name don't hold no weight. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Liam. <laughs> um, but for me, um, it definitely wasn't always LIB, um, or at least in public. Uh, when I was when I grew up, um, I was like only Liberian in my household. I would try to like mingle with like other Africans, but I grew up I grew up mainly around other Ghanaians. Like there are a lot of Ghanaians in my area. I um, mean, yeah, of course, we're all West African, but when it came to like specific things, you know, it, it was different for me to like really connect with somebody on that level because I wasn't really around too many Liberians and the Liberians I was around, like they were, they weren't really like in tune with the culture. So growing up and especially like as my cousins got older and then they started leaving and starting their own lives and then it was just me, I was really like the only Liberian in my vicinity. So um I really kept my culture in like the back of in, just just in the back for real for real. And I was just I was just Liam for real for real. Um, it wasn't until I would say junior year, my friend Megan, um, she started the ASA in our school and she was like, yeah, you need to come. And I was like, nah, I'm good. Cause it was just Ghanaians and like, yeah, it was just strictly <laughs> Ghanaians for real. Um, I was like, nah, like I'm not, all those like ASA, I'm not gonna be like, I'm not gonna be represented. Like, well, yeah, represented or even get be understood as much <laughs> for real for real. Um, she was like, nah, bro, just come. So I, I went and like, I mean, it was definitely a different environment. Like people started asking me about Liberian, like, things that pertain to Liberia because a lot of people like didn't know certain things. So I felt a certain type of pride with that. Like I wanted to educate people more on what like the history of Liberia and like what Liberia is today and how it was back then. So it wasn't until like I really got to like college, I started to like know my culture fully, uh, my cultural language, uh, where my dad comes from, where my mom specifically comes from in Liberia. I was fortunate enough to go my sophomore year and really see people that helped raise me, but then I haven't seen them since I was smaller. Um, it's definitely like a great experience to like really go and see what your parents talk about. You don't really get the whole feeling really until you really see it. You know, you could just say, oh, I don't take things for granted, but I know this and that and the third, but nah, like it's different from seeing it on screen than actually seeing it in person. And people always hold like negative connotations when they're talking about the country back in Africa, but there's a lot of positive things that are going on, especially within the last like 10 years with a lot of African countries. Although the progress could definitely be 10 times better, there's still progress that's being made. So we really need to appreciate that. Um, and I feel like people just hold their countries too negatively. And what they're not understanding is that it's not the people, but it's the government. And Ooh, Liam trying to take your poof. Whoa, what? when i started when i started to realize those things because like when i went i was mad that like simple things that these people could just change like even their mindset they're not doing but it's it's not it's it's not that and then that's something i i i cannot understand because i didn't grow up there mm -hmm. so once i started to like be really open-minded on see like they're struggling like what they're going through i enjoyed myself and i enjoyed my culture to the fullest extent yeah, I can, I can definitely agree with you, Liam, when it comes to um, going there and actually seeing how things are. Um, I feel like my first time in Ghana since like I was younger, because I did live there when I was younger, but who remembers that? But I do say I can definitely attest to the fact that when you see things, you get upset. Like, OK, why is this this way? And why do you guys think this way? And why is this like this? And even like me, of course, everyone knows I was in Ghana for the past three months of my life. <laughs> 
But um, I was basically trying to see like if I would be able to live there. Cause although like I love it there and I love my culture, there are some things that I just cannot get over and I don't know if I'll be able to overcome. But we have to also remember like, um, I was reading something that said that people are mad that Africa's behind, but that's cause they spent most of their time building another country's empire. And now they're trying to basically catch up, which people mm-hmm. should remember. Y'all, just forgive Bridget's voice. Um, it was Ghana Independence Day. Right. And let's just say, sis, you know, really showed up and showed out for Ghana at 64. So. Hey, shout out to all my Ghanaians out there, you know, sis, much Ghana 64. Hey, <laughs> I'm dead. Okay, first of all, yes, it's Independence. I had to, but yeah, yeah, you know, just a little screaming here and there. Uh, but um, and I could definitely agree with you when it comes to that. And um, I feel like you going there, and I actually do push a lot of people our age and a lot of diasporans to actually go to Ghana, like not just, or like wherever they're from, not just like when everyone is there, but just to actually like experience and see what's going on. Because a lot of things are changing. It's just not to the speed that you want it to be because we're trying to compare it to another place. We're trying to compare it to the Western world. And I feel like that's a lot of people's biggest mistakes. It's just so many things that go into that. I feel like when you learn people, you can learn, take those same things that you learn from like to having patience with people with different things in life as well. Mm-hmm. That the things that are changing, they're gonna change. It's just we need to have patience and everything. We need to remember that everything happens in this season because Ghana is completely different now than it was last year when I went. And it's like, yeah, it's great, but it's not even nowhere near where it should be. But at the same time, they're making progress at their pace. And you know what they say, comparison is the thief of joy. So we're steady comparing, oh, African countries to Western countries. And we're not even enjoying the things that they're doing and the things they're accomplishing right now. So I do agree with you. Like, that's really, really important. I mean, what people don't like Western Western countries were built for free. Like when things are built for free, they're built very quickly. Mm. and efficiently mm. like when you have people like hard laborers people right and you gotta you gotta take time to pay them but then you don't even have the money to pay them why don't you have the money because again the western countries took all those resources they took the gold they took the diamonds they took the or they took the uh, minerals all that so when you don't have those natural resources in your country your currency depletes. So that's why like a lot of like currency, especially in Africa is just not even close to what the dollar is. And that's what, I think that's what people need to understand. Like there's so many things that have been against Africa within like the, probably like the past 200 years, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, within the past 200 years. It's, I even it's, go as far as say yeah, like 400, four or 500. And then what, and what also you need to realize is that, I mean, just now Ghana at 64, my mom is what, 59. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. th- that's th- this is what people really need to understand. Like our grandparents are older than most of our country's independence. I mean, except for mm-hmm. Liberia, but most of my, most of our country's independence. Uh, independence. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless plug. You have to plug himself like that, huh? Y'all came prepared to talk, and I'm not mad at it because you guys definitely answered about three of our questions. <laughs> um, so one of the well, the next one that was going to be asked, you guys touched on. Okay. So how do you want people to see Africa and Africans? As everybody else, um, I feel like Africans, even like more than black people are seen as more barbarous people. Um, 
like we don't we're not clean um we're loud i mean we are loud but <laughs> we're like we're just very loud in every setting uh we have no manners uh we have no type of intelligence anything like that um and i mean that goes with i mean the western world just depicting africans as just lower than anybody else just just to have that hierarchy of power to continuously have that hierarchy of uh, like world world dominance i i want them to see us how they saw africa before slavery like africans were the pillar of success like the richest man ever was an african more um in ghana like you had like the gold coast everything mm -hmm. like that just history give us the facts <laughs> Yeah. Just that type of African black excellence. I want people to see, I want people to like notice and realize and appreciate that and respect it as well. That I feel like people people fear what they don't know, and when they and when they fear, they just, they start to hate what what they don't know because they can't understand it. Um, they came into a new world. They don't understand the language. They don't understand what why we look like, how we look like. They don't understand what the things we do the things we eat, the spices we have, all that. So when they saw that, they were like, yo, they got a lot of things that I want, but we can't get back where we're from. So let's just, you know, decentralize everything that they hold true to themselves and take everything and make them feel as if they're they inferior. Need, and yeah, make, and make them feel as if they need us when in actuality, we need them. So it's like that. This runs deep for Liam. I can tell. I can feel your, I can feel your blood boiling. <laughs> but no, I definitely agree. Um, and something that you said, though, is like, well, you said why we look the way that we look. And the, the, the crazy thing is, I mean, we look like everybody else. Like, we, we all have two eyes. We all have a nose. We all have a mouth. We all have ears. Like, you know, I, it, it, it's interesting when you really think about, you know, the the way that they kind of try to shift things because anybody can be loud it doesn't matter mm -hmm. where you're from anybody can um you know different places they have their different spices they have their different cultures and everything like that but you know something that you did say that does kind of have that underlying is people are typically afraid of what they don't know like they're afraid of the unknown and and so they choose to you know kind of ostracize it or just deem it as less because they don't know, just so that they can kind of, you know, have more control of it. Mm -hmm. so. Just to have that hierarchy of power, African culture and African traditions are seen as lesser than compared to everywhere else in the world. You know, like the whole challenge you saw about um, the fufu challenge, right? On TikTok, where people was eating fufu and mm -hmm. acting like it was the weirdest thing in the world. <laughs> But you have, you know, Asian foods and Asian cultures that are very interesting as well, that are different, that are ate, that are ate differently. Like, if you think about it, sushi is raw fish. What is escargot? Sorry, no, go ahead. Escargot, right? What is snail? But African food is one that's weird and that's unappetizing, right? It's because that they've set it up so that the hierarchy is where African culture and African tra tradition is seen as the lowest of the low. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's really not that way. Like, we're just like everybody else. Everybody has their different traditions and cultures, but we've been placed in a position where we're seen as less than compared to everybody else. That's so crazy, Oz, because, no, let's talk about it. I'm sorry, because now there's, what is, bruh, you that got caviar, fish, <laughs> eggs, fish, <laughs> eggs, and it's a delicacy. A delicacy. It's <laughs> fish, 
eggs. It's like now, <laughs> but you know, just not to not to um, make fun of, but just to really reiterate the fact that in every and any culture, there's going to be something that if it's not the norm or uh, or it's not what you know, like, of course, it's different, but that doesn't make it any less or um, that doesn't give anybody the right to kind of, you know, say, oh, this isn't good. I mean, good to who? You know, like, what is the standard and where where are we getting this standard from? I was I completely agree. I would like people to see Africa as a new palette as a brand new beginning. Going back to the sense that I was saying that people love to compare Africa to the Western world or really want to bring the Western world ideas and things that work for here to Africa. And it just takes the beauty away from the culture what's already there. And it takes away from people who already see things one way and how it's working for them. And there's a reason why things work for them. And even I had to learn this because for example, you have to always buy prepaid everything in, in Ghana. If you want to talk on the phone, prepaid. If you want, uh, what is it called, data, Wi-Fi, prepaid, everything has to be prepaid. I was like, why don't they just do the monthly plan like we do? Everybody do the monthly plan. At the end of the month, you get your bill and we're, you know, we keep it pushing. And I don't know if it was my dad or my mom that explained like, okay, well, a lot of Ghanaians don't have addresses. There is no credit system type thing to keep track of. Oh, Oz gave me this. He lives here. If if he doesn't pay, take it out his taxes type thing. There's no nothing like that. And then people will be like, okay, well, let, let them create that system. But that system is not even working for America. Like the whole social security credit card system, it's literally fumbling people on the everyday basis. So it's like, this is where innovation comes in. This is where, like I said, the new palette, brand new beginning. This is where us, like as the um, new generation and as the diasporans with these big new mindsets this is where we come in to create things for a new country that needs these things and not even that I feel like America has reached its peak and now it's coming down type of thing so like everything that we want to talk about everything that we want to do everything that we want to invent this is the place to do it this is the place to you know have that fresh new start in that fresh new beginning type of thing so I really want people to see that and love Africa for what it is. You know how they're like, oh, when you meet somebody, stop trying to change them into who you want them to be and love them for who they are. I feel like go there learn about who we are and love us for who we are and stop trying to change us into something that we're not as, as the country and I mean, as the continent as a whole. So, I got something to say. Mm-hmm. To, touch on what, <laughs> to touch on what Bridget just said about the diaspora and like us bringing Western ideals to Africa. When I went, um, or had gone to Liberia, and I went to Ghana for a couple of days. A lot of the, a lot of the people that were already there that that lived there, they have kind of like a sour taste or feeling towards people from the diaspora because, one, when I was in Liberia, I saw a lot of people from the diaspora think like they're high class, think that they're better than the people there already, and um, simply because they have Western education or their, their, their clothes are different or their clothes are more designer and more Westernized. And although back home, you'll rep, you'll rep yourself like it's nothing. You'll rep your area code like you were born there. But when you go there, you try to act like, or you try to like undermine the people that mm. live there, the people that were, the people that are in the mud, the people that wake up at 5 a.m., have to walk everywhere. Mm-hmm. So 
my, I think I feel like my message to like people is like when you go home or like even if you want to start a project or do anything, and if you want to connect with the people there, don't think that you already have a step above them because you one, you you really don't have you. You're a step below them because you're coming into the new environment. You don't really mm-hmm. know anything. They mm-hmm. know the ups and ups and downs and ins and outs mm-hmm. of the country that they that you're going to. So you need to respect the fact that and really have the mindset. Oh, wait. Let me take a step back. This is something new. And let me not act like everybody else, how everybody else acts towards Africans. We need to really have that mindset. I'm not better than this person here that is is from really from Liberia or really from Cameroon or really from Ghana, simply because I was born in America. The only difference was a flight. That's all it was. <laughs> for, you, for, for you to be different from this person. It, it, all it was is a flight. And for real, for real. It was mainly because our parents were fortunate enough to get away from a situation that they could. For my parents, it was the war in Liberia. They were fortunate enough to leave before it even started. They felt it. They felt it coming. You know, there of course, mm-hmm. there's always steps coming towards like a big catastrophe. They saw that they left just in time. Some people weren't fortunate enough. Like a lot of my a lot of my family that are here now, they weren't fortunate enough. They're just coming to America. Mm. So, I want to reiterate as much as I can, like, don't, please do not feel like you're better than the people there because you're not. There's a lot of things that they're very street smart. They're very smart people. Mm -hmm. It's just that they're not probably as book smart as you simply because of the education system that's there. But don't think you're better than them because you have something that they don't because they also have something you don't. Mm -hmm. You see, it's a lot of people went to school that don't have jobs now. You know what I'm saying? So don't just think because you got to, you went to a Western school, you went to university, that because you're better than somebody that's there. You're not. You know, you see, you often see these stories of people that are, you know, in the village and they're in there and they create tremendous innovations with the bare minimum. I just saw this dude built a car out of some scrap you could find somewhere, but he built a working car. When COVID first started, um, some people in a, in a village somewhere built a, a sanitization station out of like... Mm scrap metal and like wood i'm like bro they make things out of nothing right so i'm not saying it's not to say these people aren't intelligent they're not smart you just happen to you were fortunate enough to have resources that they did not have not even that they they see things from a different like perspective than we do type of thing so it doesn't give us any type of upper hand but at the end of the day just because you're not in the same place as somebody doesn't mean that they don't have intelligence in a specific area they can approach it from a different like even math problems, everyone doesn't solve the math problem the same way. And you can still arrive at the same answer if that makes sense. But yeah, I agree with that. I definitely agree as well. I think it's kind of one of those things like, for example, like just what you're born as, like a man or a woman, like it's it's a chance type of thing. It's a blessing type of thing. It's not something that, you know, dictates whether or not you're any like more superior like it was just by chance it was just by blessing it was just by opportunity that we could you know get to where we're at now but no for sure it doesn't take away from any any of what they have because that's where we came from so (laughs) yeah yeah people from Africa can be a little ignorant when it comes to certain things and I feel like that's just because of exposure that they don't get exposed to as much as many things as we do not even that, like a lot of people, even in our generation, because we're so stuck in this mindset that we're born in America, we need to find a job in America. Like it's so encapsulated and closed because that's all you know type of thing. That's also like kind of what happens there, which is something that I'm really, really working on changing, like allowing youth to get more exposure into different things in different places. So that can also, you know, pay into that. I feel like we should be respectful when it comes to that, 
and not feel like we're superior if you have any type of outside knowledge on anything. That was it. I think that what's hindering a lot of people from like working in Africa, like is before the currency. Like who the hell wants to get paid in Liberian dollars? It's like, <laughs> uh, it's like one American dollar to like a million Liberian dollars. Like that's nothing. Um, I mean, there are jobs in Africa that pay in dollars that even pay more than they do like in America as well. It's just things you have to look into. They're actually really racist as well. I know one of my friends who was planning on moving to Ghana was looking to, into jobs there. And they literally saying the qualifications can't be Ghanaian. Like you can't, like you can't be a Ghanaian that lives there. You have to be basically from abroad or not a Ghanaian, which I was like, okay. So you, this American, European, whoever Western company has come into this African country and you're telling me that because I'm from here, I cannot work here. So, wow. yeah. Like Learn you, something new every day. Like you said, progress. <laughs> we're, not, we're not perfect yet, but it's coming. That's crazy, though. Okay, but the next question we have for y'all. Um, so what do you want to see in the future for Africa? Like, we're just talking about the potential that's there, the, the qualities that are coming. What do you want to see in the future, and what will it take for that to happen? Um... As Africa for a whole, what I want to see is unity and unionization. Uh, as you can see, like, what? How many countries are in the EU? Like three. <laughs> um, hey, but like, ha we do have somewhat of an African union, but it's not. It's very unstable. Um, we're still very reliant on western powers for a lot of things like you see you see um senegal and the ivory coast like they have to allot a certain amount of money to french banks and then ask for, not not even just easily take out the money like how you could go to bank of america mm -hmm. and take out 20 dollars. you got to ask for that money back and then they have to you know process it and then so like it's like what's that now like you took everything from me already and the money small money i got now I gotta go to you. Now I gotta go to you for a bag. Like, come on now. So that that's that, yeah. He, he, he get hit mad. His librarian accent is coming out. Small money I got. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> no, I heard that joke too. Yeah, it, it, it's stuff like that. We need to set up a lot of things as just Africa as a whole. And of course, Africa is the most diverse continent in the world. So it doesn't even have to be the whole Africa. You can just start solely off West Africa. Of course, we got ECOWAS, like the ECOWAS passports and stuff like that, mm -hmm. that's good. But we need multi, like a lot more things like that. And I feel like that's what is important for Africa to continue on in the future, is to really have unity and unionize in, in the future. Yeah, I completely agree. I feel like that's what I wanna see is like Africa become the best version of itself type of thing. Like we have so much potential. We literally have all the resources that the rest of the world lives off of, but we can't even do nothing for ourselves, which is really sad. But I think what also is gonna take us there is this new generation, our up and coming generation, change this mindset of greed, change this mindset of trying to look like other countries. And I feel like that's really, really, really what's gonna take us to where we need to be. Because the greed is ridiculous. And the mindset of, I don't, I don't know if it's crabs in a barrel, but even when I was just recently in Ghana, I had this argument, I'm gonna call it an argument, disagreement or whatever with someone 
he's actually Sierra Leonean and he lives in Ghana right now. And um, that's because a lot of African countries are poor and a lot of people do believe that Ghana is one of the best um, West African countries at the moment, even though there's a lot of um, developing that has to go on. But he was even saying, even knowing that his country has nothing and even the country that he's in could do better if he ever got into a, a place of power, like all these other politicians, that he would still take the money for himself and his family. And he would keep basically keep this trend going on. And I'm like, what sense does that make? He's like, because the next the next man is not going to look out for me. I'm like, bruh, even, even if they're not, even if they're not, you don't know how many lives you're going to impact. Even if it's one life, it makes a difference. He's like, nah, if only one person takes away from what I'm doing, what's the point of doing it? And it's just like, dang, that's really the mindset of a lot of people there. And it was so scary because one of my friends that, the mutual friend that I met this guy through was actually, um, I went to high school in America with him, but now he's been living in Ghana for the past five years. And he was trying to calm me down like, yeah, it's really sad, but a lot of people have this mindset because that's what they grew up around, that's what they know. But it's like, dang, if somebody if somebody took the food off your plate, you wanna take the food off somebody else's plate? Like, you're literally keeping this cycle going. So the only thing that's gonna help us as a whole continent be great is stop being selfish. Look out for, even if the person that you're looking out for isn't looking out for you, somebody's noticing, somebody's taking note. Like you're setting up, a, like you're setting a pathway for so many generations to make a difference and to make a change in a culture that's not benefiting us right now. So that's my piece on that. No, that's, that's really good. Like that was, that was really good. I think it is, it, it's like, it's a domino effect, you know, like, even if it is just one person, that's that one person who will then entail, you know, meet somebody else and it'll go and continue that way. And I think it even goes deeper than that. Like it's at this point, it's like breaking generational curses. Okay. So this person didn't do it. That doesn't mean that you won't do it because then, like you said, Bridget, the cycle is just going to continue. And if we're trying to break it, then you have to be the one to say, okay, nobody else is doing it or this person isn't doing it, but I'm going to do it so that the next people who come after that, they'll take from where I started. Like, I think that's definitely true that that has to be um, what, it, what it takes, honestly. And I think also it's, it, it, it is mentality. It is mindset. And I think it is a lot of people are still in slavery mentally, like mentally enslaved. And like you said, we have all the resources that other countries need to survive. They get it from us. And so if we were to, like you all said, get unified and everything, there's absolutely nothing that we can't do, like at all. So yeah, definitely, definitely those. That's on generational curses, Brian. That's that's some serious. Like, I don't think people understand like how serious like a generational curse is, especially with Africans. Mm. Um, some that some that I see that has like been a serious issue in Africa and still is an issue that I'm just seeing like in modern day, like even in our society, is like tribalism. And like, although it's not as you know, serious and physical as it is in, in Africa. It's just certain things that like I see on Twitter, like certain things people say about people of their own country. I'll just speak for Liberians. Um, I mean, you could joke around and say like, you know, uh, crime people are like dumb or something like that. But 
people will take those stereotypes and like apply it to like all crime people and like that's not a good thing um like i sent uh i sent um uh instagram post to my mom and it's, it basically had like a stereotype of like every tribe and i was like is this true and then she was like 75 percent of it i was like why do you think it's true literally they're literally they're just all traits that you could find in anyone everybody has those traits mm -hmm. at a certain point in their life mm -hmm. so it's like why is it that only one group when they express that trait that's all they're known for you see what i'm saying mm -hmm. um and like i'm saying that's actually really oc liam i'm not even cutting you off i'm just saying like i did not think about that till you just said it just now and how oc i never even saw that like as a generational curse either but yeah go ahead yeah because like then mm -hmm. people will start to dislike you simply because of your tribe or like where you come from like if if okay say if you're crying i'm i'm done and for those that don't know there, these are tribes in liberia because <laughs> yeah it might sound like you just but, saying some words but yeah, this, yeah that's what he's talking about so yeah there's a big issue in um liberia uh like in the 80s where like crime people they there was a big issue between crime geo people i will simply hate uh simply because he's crying know nothing about him but simply based off probably his name or what even he even looks like or what he eats i do not mess with him at all like i hate him when i see him it's on site like on site where i'm killing you not no fight kill and oh, okay there goes the passion the pride and the progress so but when you get to that like it it always gets to that point and even though you think there's power in the tongues. Even if you're texting anything or just anything like that, watch what you say. Watch how you portray people. That's what I'm saying. Like you gotta take a step back and really see this person for a person, not clump them already in a group. You mm -hmm. see what I'm saying? And I think even Africans of our society need to really watch what we say on social media and stuff like that when we're speaking in terms of other people from tribes or like other people from other countries as well. Of course, like growing up, Everybody thought Nigerians were like scammers. Nigerians like just like to steal and stuff like that. Even me, when I was growing up, I was a little bit skeptical about like having Nigerian friends because everybody literally, and that wasn't everybody, even Nigerian. Everybody, yeah. Told me that Nigerians were scammers, but that's not the truth. My best friend is Nigerian now. Mm -hmm. Most of my friends are Nigerian. So like, had I not taken a step back and really saw somebody for who they were, I wouldn't be where I was today. I wouldn't have the group, I wouldn't have the close-knit group that I have today because I let someone else. Yeah, I let I let the too. devil get in my ear. Like, come on now. That's so powerful. <laughs> something that you said to Liam was like the power of the tongue. And that's something that was on my mind as well. Like we do have to, you know, take ownership, more ownership and be more aware of of what we say and what we continue to say, because then you know, what when we speak, it continues to get emulated and it continues to, you know, show up. So that was that was good. That was good. Yeah, I was gonna say definitely I see people speak on the nepotism in Ghana and especially when it comes to Nigerians. Like like I said, a lot of other African countries have kind of or Af a lot of other um, Africans in Africa have kind of made Ghana their home and a lot of have never been like okay with it even you as a librarian I know can speak on I know my librarian friends all talk about how like yeah my family lived in Ghana during the war and I've heard Ghanaians be so mean to librarians because of a uh, character trait that they've attached to these people type of thing 
even the like Nigerians that are all in Ghana right now, a lot of Ghanaians have a negative mindset on them because they, they're scammers, they're they're cheats. And that is because, you know, a lot of the crime that started up in Ghana started like with Nigerians, like the armed robbery and all that stuff would always be Nigerians. So in their mindset, when they see a Nigerian, like I know some guy was complaining, he got on a trotro. You guys don't know what trotro is. It's just like a yeah. their public transportation, but got on a trotro and was getting cursed out. And the driver was like, he can't get into his car. Wasn't trying to give him his money back. It was this whole thing. And it's just like, dang, this is a work. He's like working class, regular man. He's not scamming. He's not doing nothing. But because of who he is, and Ghanians have that in the different tribes as well. Like, you know, we always say the Ghan people, they're loud and they're extra and they're crazy. Like people definitely say Ghan people are crazy all the time. And it's like, I don't even realize, I say myself, I'm definitely one of these people. And it's just like, I don't even realize like what I'm putting into that generation or that group of people type thing. A lot of people say um, us Ashantis were prideful. Even I say all the time. And I do see it. And that's what I'm saying. Like you didn't even, you kind of opened my eyes to this whole generational curse thing when you're talking about what different tribes are known for. Because I literally say like, I feel like, yeah, my people are very prideful. I feel like I'm prideful. I feel like my dad's prideful. And I'm literally speaking this thing into my life and I don't even realize that I'm I'm, I'm just stringing along this generational curse, which is so crazy. We definitely need to stop that. And the whole thing about the social media thing, when we're, when we're speaking on different people, I've always had an issue with that. Like we say anything about anyone in any way and don't realize how powerful these words we're typing are, are to whatever, like are to the person, are to the culture. We don't realize how powerful our words are you really just open my eyes to that, but yeah. Yeah, this has been this has been great so far, man. Y'all are really opening our eyes to dropping gems and opening our eyes to things that we didn't really pay attention to before. So yeah, man, these are things that we all really have to pay attention to. Everybody has to hold themselves accountable and hold others accountable as well, you know, just to create that unity. Because if things are going to change, it's going to start, it has to start somewhere. And um, if we're the ones that are seeing it and that are paying attention to what's going on, then it's responsible. we're responsible for making those things happen. Start with us. Yeah, it has to start with us. Definitely. Yeah, y'all are teaching me. Ooh, I'm learning some stuff here. I like this. <laughs> so we got one last question for y'all, man. All right. So after we've talked about today, um, through all the things we've discussed, let's just give some things that we can actually do to, you know, make things better. So what I want to ask is what can I do? What can we do um, to contribute to that change and to make an impact? Be informative. Don't be afraid to repost don't be afraid to educate people um educate don't belittle uh come on it's imperative to let people know where you come from and why things are the way they are you know what i'm saying um for me a lot of people don't know why liberia is so poor but you gotta understand um within the span of 30 years there's been two civil wars and then two Ebola crises, right? So when you have that, and of course, Liberia doesn't even have the best healthcare at all. Mm -hmm. So when you have something as detrimental as Ebola just coming to your so coming to your country and just really sweep half of the country, it's very it. All the progress you've made, you've gone back ten years now, mm -hmm. and you've already been stripped of the resources from the Western world as well. So. You have natural disasters and you also have 
disasters from other people. So it, it's very important to educate people and let people know in depth and the reasons why things are the way they are and how you can help to you know, make things better. Not everybody is a hands-on person. Not everybody is, oh, let me go to Africa. That's fine. Donations, whether it's $5 or anything, it helps. You could hold forums. You could um, you know, let people know on social media what's going on. Simple stuff like that. You want to post your litness. You want to post um, um, your fit, all that. There's a lot of things going on in Africa. It will not hurt nobody. It will not kill nobody for the repost. If you lose followers, that's okay. Mm-hmm. They won't really follow your followers anyway, so that's fine. <laughs> like He is coming for y'all next, okay? Shaking the tables. You can post your fit, but you can't post your country. <laughs> yeah, it's just very important to really let people know what's going on in Africa, not even only solely in your country. If you see some something happening in Ghana, Nigeria, um, Cameroon, post that as well. The unification was something. Yeah, about. yeah. Because, yeah. you know, CNN, Fox News, they don't, they're not showing it. The only <laughs> thing that was showed is BBC News. And that's only one news outlet. Or Al Jazeera. <laughs> <laughs> BBC. Don't forget about Al Jazeera, y'all. Yeah, dog. But yeah, just be be that other news outlet. You know, make your own news out. Make your own news outlet. That's what I would say. I would say, um, take time to learn about your culture, your country, and embrace it. Not in the sense of I know, like you know, we have people who are really proud of who they are, but embrace it for the good and the bad, so that you know, like I love this place so much. And this is something I'm going to work on type of thing. And I say that in the sense where if there's something going on in Ghana or if someone says something about Ghana, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to say like, no, 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 no. It's the best country ever. I'm definitely going to go ahead and that to the chest or whatever that the person is saying. And I'm going to be like, well, this is something that I'm going to work towards. For example, everyone knows about the, or if you don't know, there's the whole LGBTQ thing that's going on right now where it's just like, we can be proud of our countries, but we should also be part of, you know, making a change and taking the thing, like Liam said, definitely agree with that. And then I also think that when it comes to the nepotism, trying to take a, a step back and putting ourselves in other people's shoes. I didn't, I, I don't know if y'all know this, y'all, none of y'all probably know this, but on my way to Ghana in October was the whole um, <clears throat> and stars rally that was going on in Nigeria. But I definitely spoke on the NSAR situation. And I kind of became more passionate about it because on my way to Ghana, I got stuck in Nigeria during the the, the freaking, the, the what is it called? The, what is it? The Loki Bridge, which mm-hmm. one? Like Tollgate. Yeah, that day that that happened, I was in Nigeria mm. that day. And I was there, I was stuck there for two days. I was actually scared for my life because I was at the airport and they were like right outside the airport people are over here raiding doing this doing that and then we had to stay there and we had to actually physically leave the airport and my mom of course she's like jr be careful be careful these people are scary putting even more fear into my heart saying jr be careful be careful and so of course i'm over here scared because she's like they're breaking into even the top hotels doing this doing that and I'm just sitting here like, oh my gosh, is this the end of my life type of thing? But also taking into account at the same time, because like when I open the TV in the hotel room, that's all I see. And it's just like, oh, this stuff is happening right outside. You hear police sirens, you're hearing this. And it actually 
you know, kind of humbled me. Like at the end of the day, like these are still people. And like, this is a real situation. Like things that we see on social media, this is like people's real lives and real things happening. And it made me speak out even more. And I feel like that's where the unity comes in in us trying to help each other in other countries. I don't think that many countries stood up for Nigeria. And then the same way, it happens in so many other African countries, it even happens in Ghana. Probably not as bad, but it happens. And I feel like that unity is really important. And taking a step back, taking some time to put yourself in other people's shoes from these other cultures. It's a bit. Yeah, man, that, that, that was great. Uh, this, was a, this was a masterclass. Of, Definitely a masterclass. Uh, season finale, you feel me? <laughs> season finale, what a great way to end it. Um, but thank you all for sharing the information. Thank you all for coming just to, you know, um, shed light on situations that are going on and to give us a piece of your mind and your input. Um, yeah, just any last words for the people out there on, you know, African culture and embracing it and things like that. Any last, last words? Definitely try to enjoy Africa and really understand it. Um, when you go, please be open-minded and even if you don't still be open-minded on what you see on social media, it's not really what it is. Uh, that's, and, and that's, that's, that's what I got to say. For Bridget. My takeaway is I challenge everyone, all us diasporans to um, imagine or like plan a life living in whatever respective African countries that we're from. Think about the changes and differences that you can make. Think about things that you, initiatives that you want to start now or that you want to support and start doing that. Because I feel like it's our responsibility. That's something that I really want to push out to our generation and our people. So yeah. Thank you guys so, so much. Like, honestly, I really did. Like, I learned a lot. Um, and it definitely did open my eyes to, to some things that you know, I didn't even see as, you know, seeing the light that y'all just, you know, expressed it in. And that's what this is all about. So definitely thank y'all. It was amazing. You guys definitely helped us end this season with a bang. Okay, this was pride, passion, and progress. And we were definitely feeling the passion. Some bloods were boiling, you know. <laughs> we we got some pride you know and everything and i feel like it definitely will contribute to us making progress because it does start with us yeah thank y'all so much for riding with us um in this last episode this has been pride passion and progress and that's it make sure y'all come back next season you know the hostess with the mostest we're gonna keep shaking the tables and everything so y'all Stay ten toes. We bring y'all some, 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 a little surprise too to end off the season. So be prepared. All right, y'all stay blessed and have a good night. Bye bye. Bye.